Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. I'm Pastor Joey. For those of you are, that are new, we want to say happy early Thanksgiving. Anybody excited for the holidays coming around the corner? No? All right, we can go home. No, Thanksgiving is amazing. It, it's, I think it's an underrated uh, holiday. However, uh, we do, I do kind of preempt Thanksgiving a little bit in my household because I feel like why should fall get two months and Jesus get one? So Thanksgiving and Christmas are really one holiday in my mind. It, it begins the thank time of thankfulness to the Lord, our God. Um, and I just uh, thank you, Scott, for the announcements. And we want to continue to press into this vision that God has for our church. Uh, my wife and I just met with the architect this last week for our building. And pretty exciting, some of the things we're able to dream up and see on paper. And the more we uh, get um, to finalizing a plan, uh, we'll be presenting that to you. But in the meantime, you can be praying about the financial uh, giving for Project Homecoming. Uh, we're going to have to raise some money for that, so we don't like to talk about money all the time here, but when we're building a building, that's, that's going to be in the works. Um, but uh, it, we want to build this building not just so that we have our own place, but we believe God has put on our heart to have a training center in this city where we can focus on seven focuses. On, on focusing on worship and raising up a worship generation, on prayer igniting a heart of prayer in our city, uh, the prophetic gifting, helping people hear God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. How to hear God's voice and walk in obedience with the Holy Spirit. We're talking about healing, actually raising up people to lay their hands on the sick and be healed. The deliverance, helping people break free from spiritual oppression and having a place where when they just, things are going nuts and they, they don't know where to turn, the counselor can't help them. Well, Jesus can. And so we want to have a place where God can help them break free. We're also focusing on local and global outreach because we're not called just to share Jesus with this city. We're called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so we want to have a training center birthed in Clio, Michigan, that focuses on these seven things. And I believe if we commit to this and we continue to walk this out, man, God is going to do something amazing in this group. I believe it wholeheartedly. It's going to be awesome. And so uh, we're giving God thanks in advance for what he is going to do because of what he promised to do. Amen? Amen. So to get us in the holiday spirit, uh, to kick Thanksgiving off right, I have some turkey jokes for you. Are you ready? Are you, all right. Yes. Okay. So this is participation time. I'm going to ask you the question and you try to come up with the answer. Okay. So... Number one, what's the best song to play while cooking a turkey? Anyone? Nobody? Can't think of it? All right. All about that bass. All about that bass, that bass. Oh, sorry. Okay. What do you call a turkey the day after Thanksgiving? Leftovers? That's close. You call it Lucky. I, this is my favorite, I think. What sound does a turkey's phone make when it rings? No. Wing, wing, wing. What was the turkey thankful for on Thanksgiving? Vegetarians. Here, here, here's a risque one. Parents, you may need, need to uh, guard your children's ears for this, uh, why do turkeys only star in R-rated movies? Because they use foul language. I know, right? What do you call a running turkey? Fast food. Why did the, did the turkey play the drums in the, in the band? Is it because it already had drumsticks? 
Number eight, what did the turkey say to the computer? Google, Google. And last but not least, who is not hungry at Thanksgiving? The turkey, because it's already stuffed. Thank you. So, there's your laugh for the day. I don't care if you're laughing at me. I'll think you're laughing with me. So, I don't know why, but turkey just sounds good this time of year. But Thanksgiving is more than turkeys and football. Amen? Amen. It is uh, something more significant. It's more than just getting together with loved ones or finding excuses to overeat. Thanksgiving is a reminder of how we can strengthen our faith and find hope, the hope that we need to push through difficult circumstances and tough seasons until the breakthrough comes. This is what Thanksgiving really is. So what's considered the first Thanksgiving? We'll give you a, a quick, uh, uh, what is it, the, the dumb guide to uh, you know, Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll kind of do the abridged version of the historical uh, uh, stories of Thanksgiving. But in American history, it involves the pilgrims in the Mayflower. You understand back in the day, the, the, they fled religious persecution from Europe and they landed in New England. And these pilgrims on the Mayflower, they barely survived that first winter. Matter of fact, something like half of them died during the first winter. It was pretty intense. They didn't know if they were going to survive. And so there was the very harsh conditions. But in the spring, through the help of some unlikely allies and the local natives in the area, they were able to harvest a great harvest in the fall. They had an abundance of food in the fall. And so it encouraged them with the provision and strength they needed to endure the next winter. And so they invited the tribes that they had allied themselves with in the area to come to celebrate a three-day feast, thanking God for what he had done. So though they didn't call it the first Thanksgiving at the time, this is what we point back to as the first Thanksgiving in our country. It was through the perseverance of the people and dependence on the Almighty God to help them with some help from the neighboring tribes that they were able to endure and thrive through many trials, troubles, and struggles. And here we find ourselves today. One of the famous Indians of the, of the historical past uh, named Squanto is credited with passing knowledge along to the pilgrims. Knowledge he gained from his family he then passed on to the pilgrims so they could learn how to grow crops and survive. It enabled them to get rooted into the new land. So what was passed down to him, he then passed down to others. And God used that information not just to supply their needs, but to help them survive. And this is the essence of thanksgiving. The term thanksgiving is actually a compound term. It's two words put together. And so to really understand what we're talking about, we need to separate both of those words and look at the meaning, and we can put them together and see what is really being said. The first word is thanks. The term thanks is an expression of gratitude. An expression of gratitude. We are expressing gratitude for something that we have received. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a grace of some kind. Maybe God's done a miracle in your life. But we show gratitude for what has been given to us. We offer thanks. And when we gather together on Sundays, the way we often do that is through worship, through praise, through singing. But the second word is giving. That word means to freely transfer the possession of something to someone else. So we show gratitude, but we're also going to transfer the possession of something to someone else. To hand over, in other words, releasing to other people what has freely been given to you. So thanksgiving is not just showing gratitude, it's also providing grace to others. It's being grateful for your own blessings, but using your blessings to bless someone else. Just like Squanto sharing his family secrets, his family knowledge for how to cultivate the ground to the pilgrims, enabling them to survive, he passed what was freely given to him onto someone else. And what is interesting is that there's a spiritual reality at play here with thanksgiving. We often overlook this or miss this in scripture, but there is a blessing, there is a realm of God's favor 
that we can tap into that we maybe miss out on or maybe goes untapped or underrealized in many respects in our Christian life, maybe because of fear or maybe a measure of unbelief or embarrassment. But many of us are like those first pilgrims just struggling through the winter. Right now, you're in a winter season. You're in a difficult season, and you're struggling through that winter season. It's grim. There's something you're battling with. There's a battle you're facing. You're weak. You're tired. The enemy is just pounding you with fear, doubt, discouragement, all the usual things that come at us when we go through difficult seasons. But when we're in the thick of it, when we're in the midst of it, not, not just in the good times, but when we're really struggling in life, Paul encourages us in Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, with a way to tap into God's peace, to find blessing in the storm. And what's interesting about Philippians is Paul writes this from jail. If I was in jail, I'm not going to write a book that's focused on joy. It's going to be focused on woe is me. But, but Paul didn't do that. He was able to tap into a realm of blessing, a realm of God's favor. And in this verse, he gives us the secret to kind of tapping into when we're, especially in the midst of the struggle, to tap into this realm of blessing that God has provided for us. In verse 6 of Philippians 4, he says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. Somebody say thank him. And thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we gather before you to thank you for all you have done. And God, I know from this vantage point, we don't see all you have done. We don't even see a glimpse of all you've done. You've, you are constantly working in our lives. You are putting people in the right place at the right time to provide our needs right when we need it. And many times, God, what you do goes unnoticed. So God, forgive us for not being conscious of your hand at many times. God, forgive us for taking you for granted. But God, we come before you with hearts filled with thanks with praise because you are good and you are great. Lord, as we open your word, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart that understands, a mind that's ready to believe, God, and eyes that can see everything that you have for us today. And if you are in agreement today, all God's people said, amen. So Paul, writing from jail, talking about when you're going through difficult times, how to tap into joy, this peace, this blessing that God has, the first thing he says is don't worry about it. How does that work in your household whenever you're going through a problem? Someone says, don't worry about it. Just forget about it. Right? You, you've heard that? It's like the old mobster, forget about it. Right? Somebody say forget about it. Yeah. Next time you're having a problem, ah, just forget about it. Don't worry about it. Like, really, Paul? Really, that's the best you got? Right? I'm going through this moment. I'm going through this. That's all I can think about. It's dominating my emotions. I can't wake up without thinking about it. It's making me sick. I can barely eat because it's stressing me out. And your advice is don't worry about it. Okay. But he doesn't just say don't worry about it. He says don't worry and pray. Don't worry, but pray. Don't just pray about a few things. Pray about what? Everything. How many of you, when you pray, you pray and you tell God what's on your heart, but you don't really tell God what's on your heart? Don't you feel like, I can't like be real and raw with God sometimes? Like, you're like, I, I really want to say this, but it's God I'm talking to, so I need to like G-rate it down. Like, I've got R going on in my brain, but... But I, I need to G-rate it down. I can't say that to God. I can't, can't be that real with God. Did you know God knows what you're thinking? He already knows. If you thought it, it, he already heard it. He already knows. So what's he saying? He's like, don't worry about this stuff, but tell God everything. Our God's shoulders are heavy enough to bear the burden you are carrying. 
You can be raw and real with God. That means you tell him everything you are thinking, everything you are feeling, everything you're worried about, everything you're stressing about, everything you don't like. It's okay to complain to God. Why? He cares about your heart. He cares about your heart. Tell him everything. You can be raw and real. And God wants you to be. You know, some of us, like, we, we try to make our prayers sound better than, than what we really think they, what we feel like they are. Like, we'll even throw some verses in there to sound all churchy and stuff. You ever been to those meetings where someone's asked to pray out loud and all of a sudden they start speaking in King James English when they're praying because they, they want to sound spiritual? Or, or they, they don't have any real thoughts for themselves, but they just start quoting every verse and use a verse in every sentence? Like, oh God, we thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your only son because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But praise you, God, for you are good and your love endures forever. You know, and it, the only thing they're saying is scripture verses because they want to sound spiritual because they're afraid of what's really going on inside. Beloved, God already knows. He already knows. So tell him. Let him have it. Let him hear it. Paul says, pray about everything. Tell God everything because his shoulders never get tired. And Jesus said, you can cast your cares on him because, beloved, he cares for you. Tell him, hold nothing back. Your fear, your doubt, your frustration, your pain, give it all to him. Even though he already knows. But don't just stop there. Don't just stop with giving God your load. Because he goes on to say the key to finding peace in the storm after you've unloaded your heavy burden on God is to thank him for all he's done. If you never get to thankfulness, you'll never access the blessing. Don't stop at the whining and the crying. Move into thankfulness. You see, in the middle of the storm, when everything's crashing down, when all hope seems lost, we need to thank the Lord to show gratitude for what he's done in our life because it's then the peace comes. And the question that I ask when I read verses and I begin to break them down, it's like, why then? Why is it then? Why is it when we, when we thank God, it, why is it then when the peace comes and not before? Why is it at that point? Because thankfulness reminds us of who God is and what he can do. When you, when you stop focusing on the problem and you start looking at how big God is, your storm begins to diminish and God begins to increase in your life. I've heard it said before that many of us struggle with a big devil and a little God. When really we have a little devil and a giant God. When we have perspective of who God is, and not just what he's done, but who he is, that he's faithful. He's a faithful God. He never fails. His mercy is new every morning. His love never fails. He is faithful. We can trust him. It begins to bring a shift into our spirits. In Revelation 19, John is getting this vision of the end of days, the, the last times. What's going to happen, all the craziness in the world before Jesus returns. And he's having this conversation with an angel who's kind of unpacking a vision for him. And in Revelation 19.10, after the angel gives him this vision and this revelation, in verse 10 it says, Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. So here, John's getting this revelation from an angel. And it's so intense that he's gripped in his spirit. He actually begins to worship this angel. He falls down. It's like, John, you hung out with Jesus. Why are you worshiping an angel? I mean, come on, right? But what's happening, to think about the intensity of this moment. He is so overwhelmed. He has moved. A man who was best friends with Jesus, who's known as the disciple that Jesus loved, he's moved to commit idolatry in this moment because of how overwhelmed he is. And so the angel responds to him. He says, no, don't worship me. For I'm a servant of God just like you, your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Everything I'm showing you is not to bring glory to myself. It's to bring glory to the Son of God. 
Another translation says it this way. It says, I fell down on his feet to worship him, but he said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you, your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Somebody say the testimony of Jesus. I hold, just like you and your brothers, to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When God gives a revelation, it's centered on Jesus, on who he is, on what he's done, and what he's doing. It proclaims his testimony. Well, what is prophecy? Prophecy is simply revealing the word of God, the heart of God, the will of God. Sometimes it involves mysteries of the past. Sometimes it involves mysteries of the future. But the prophetic word in all of its forms glorifies Christ. Here the angel is telling John the purpose of prophecy, the heart, the essence of it, is to reveal what Jesus is like and what Jesus is doing. See, when God gives a revelation, it's for the testimony of Christ to be amplified. What is a testimony? It's something that testifies something that is a witness it reveals what's been seen, heard, or experienced. The spirit of prophecy, the spirit of the word, the spirit of everything God reveals is to help you hold on to what you've seen, experienced, and heard of Christ. In Psalm 119, verse 2, psalmist writes, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. Blessed are those that keep the testimonies of the Lord. The what? The experiences, the knowledge, the understanding of who he is, what he's done. Blessed are those who don't forget the testimonies, but who remember them, recite them, share them, and make sure they're not forgotten or lost. See, the reason it's so important to remember and steward well the testimonies of the Lord, to continue to proclaim what God has done, what you've seen and experienced in your own life, what you know of the Lord, is not because when you remember what God has done and who he is, that you will want to thank him, even though that's the natural response. When you, when you look back at what God's done, the natural response is to thank the Lord. It's to worship God. But in the act of giving God thanks for who he is and what he's done, what you're doing as you're proclaiming the testimonies of the Lord is that you're activating the blessing that's poured out on those who keep the testimonies. There is a blessing poured out in the process of keeping the testimony, of declaring the testimonies of God that have breakthrough power attached to it. Breakthrough power that presses you in from where you are and taking you to the place that you are praying for or crying out to God for. The reason why you discover peace that passes all understanding when you give God thanks and you shift your focus from your circumstance to who God is, is because breakthrough power is released through the declaration of the testimonies of God. In Revelation chapter 12, the Bible's recording a time where there's severe persecution on the earth. Much spiritual warfare is happening between the people of God and the enemy kingdom. But the word of God says there is victory for those who keep the testimonies of Christ. Revelation 12, 11, it says they defeated him. Somebody say defeated him. They're talking about the enemy, the, the demonic kingdom, Satan himself. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their what? Their testimony. What was their testimony? The angel tells John in Revelation 19, it's the testimony of Jesus. The blood of Christ is what has broken the power of darkness, but his testimony is what elevates us out of the pit and into the victory. From the valley to the mountaintop, from losing to winning, to the overcoming, into the breakthrough for our circumstances. We believe here at Vertical Life Church, and I believe God's word confirms it, that when you share the testimonies of the Lord, you're not un only unlocking blessings for yourself, but you're unlocking breakthrough power in other people's lives. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit, the heart, 
behind prophecy, which means when we tell of what Jesus has done in our lives, we are, we are helping others access a place of faith to believe that God can do it in their life. We are helping, we are giving hope to other people. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed one of cancer today, he's going to heal someone of cancer tomorrow. If he restored a marriage today, he's going to restore a marriage tomorrow. If he brought your wayward child home, he's going to bring someone else's wayward child home. Miracles are not isolated incidents. Miracles are not isolated incidents. Why? Because our God is a miraculous God. It's not what he does, it's who he is. He's a miracle maker. He's the way maker. Miracles happen all the time in the presence of God. Why? Because he's miraculous. Well, Pastor Joey, what if I'm praying and praying and praying and I'm thanking and thanking and thanking, but the miracle doesn't come? Well, beloved, then that's your storm. And our loving God's miracle power will help you weather the storm so you can stay standing strong. So we have a promise that says, in the midst of our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Sometimes we're praying for things, but we don't have God's vantage point of what really needs to happen. So we're praying for one thing, but his will is another. And when things don't happen the way we desire, his strength and his grace will be there to get us through. Our testimonies are vitally important, and not just for us, but for the strengthening and building of the hope of other people, to keep going, keep believing, keep seeking the Lord with all your heart, to stay in the fight until the breakthrough comes. Many times we don't see the breakthrough because we give up. Well, what if someone had shared their testimony when you were at your lowest point and it was the same thing you were going through? It might make all the difference in the world. See, there's a privilege with receiving a testimony, with having an experience with Christ, but there's also a great responsibility to steward that testimony well. God didn't move in your life for you to keep it quiet and silent and to yourself. God made you a witness for Jesus. Many of us are afraid to share what God's done. Either we don't want people to know how messed up we really are, or we don't want to feel like our story is not as important as someone else's. Did you know every testimony is important? You don't have to be a drug addict within an inch of your life to have a testimony for Christ. I love the show The Chosen. If you've not seen it, you're missing out. You need to watch it. But one of the main points, one of the main um, lines in that show, that's a recurring theme, was that I was one way and now I'm another. But what happened in between was him. If you know Christ, you once were one way. And now you're another. And you can tell people what the difference was. And what the difference is. When we don't share the testimonies of Christ, we're quenching the Spirit's power to release hope and healing and breakthrough into other people's lives. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is commissioning his disciples and he's giving them authority you know, just put yourself in, the, in this place. You have this ragtag b- bunch of guys who, in all intents and purposes, were nothing to society. They weren't the cool group. They, they weren't trendy. They weren't wearing skinny jeans and, and you know, they didn't have all the latest and greatest fashion. They were blue-collar guys, barely educated in, in many respects, most likely. And here Jesus gathers them together to be his inner circle. And in this moment, he's doing all these miracles. They're witnessing him do all this amazing stuff. And he turns to them in this, in this passage and says, okay, the things that I've been doing, I'm now going to give you the ability to do that. Can you imagine, like, in that moment, like, oh, are you kidding me? Right? It would just be amazing. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, here's what Jesus says. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Out of all that list, the one that I would want the most in that moment would be raising the dead. Because how hilarious would it be to go into funeral homes and just walk by and be like, duck, duck, goose, right there. Just like, ha, 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 You know, you see, uh, you know. It would just be a lot of fun. He'd probably take that gift from me really quick. 
But he says, go and announce the kingdom, right? So it's not just about doing the miraculous things. It's about the kingdom of God. Now that the kingdom has come, that the Spirit's been poured out, there's a new reality. There's, there's a new kingdom. We're not living for the kingdom of the enemy anymore that's broke down where all that happens is stealing, killing, and destroying. There's a new kingdom where there's life and life more abundantly. And he's saying, you're going to go and you're going to announce that this new kingdom has come. And as you're announcing that the kingdom has come, you're going to have authority to raise the dead, heal the sick, cure the lepers, and cast out demons. And we, again, we look at all this stuff and we say, wouldn't that be awesome if we could experience that? And many of us, we've prayed for healing and God's done miraculous things and we know what that feels like. But sometimes we, we, we pray for healing and we don't see healing come. We don't see it. We fast and we pray. We do all these things that we see in the scripture we're supposed to do and it doesn't come. And what do we do? We automatically start coming up with reasons as to why it didn't happen. Many times we just chalk it up to not being God's will. It wasn't God's will to heal in that moment. And that might be the case. But what if the key to unlocking the miracle power you're pressing into in that moment was not just striving to have more faith, or to be more faithful. But to begin with what Jesus said at the end of this statement. He says, freely give as you have received. Freely give as you have received. Thanks, giving. See, this is the mystery behind thanksgiving. We receive from the Lord... And out of the heart of gratitude, we then release it to other people. Now, the scripture doesn't say this. This is completely just conjecture on my part. This is the Joey translation for all intents and purposes. But what if the reason why they had the authority to heal, to cure, to cast out, and to raise was because they had already received? And now Jesus is saying, now go freely give as it's been given to you. What if what God does in our lives is the anointing on our life to go then release other people who are struggling with the same thing? God freed you of an addiction. Okay, it's time to start praying for people with addictions. God healed your marriage. Okay, now it's time to start warring for people who have marriage problems. God healed you. Of heart problems? Okay, now it's time to start praying for people with heart problems. What if God's work in your life comes with an anointing to war for other people through the testimony he's given you? You see, beloved, if God could do that for you, he'll do it for somebody else. Some of you still are in the struggle. You are a testimony in the making. So before there's a testimony, there's a test. And you're in that testing phase right now. Before the testimony comes a test. Now we can look back at what God has done. And we can prophesy that same faithfulness into the future. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe early on in your marriage you were having really difficult times. But God did an amazing work. And now you're back in a situation. If God did it then, he could do it again. Maybe whatever the case is, we need to believe in the faithfulness of God. So the question I have for you, beloved, is what has the Lord done for you? What has the Lord done in your life? Have you been healed of a health issue? Have you had your marriage restored? Have you been delivered from depression, anxiety, or thoughts of suicide? What have you personally, not you generally, you personally received from the Lord? And maybe, just maybe, God did that in you so that through you, he can do it for someone else. That it's through your testimony that God wants to release the breakthrough anointing into someone else who's struggling. And maybe rather than just giving thanks today or this week, you'll activate your faith into giving away what you freely received. Because honestly, we did nothing to deserve God's grace. I don't know about you, but I'm still working on perfection. Hasn't happened yet. 
So I had to get God's grace as a gift, just like everyone else. And he freely gave me grace. Guess what I now have the anointing to do? Give grace to other people. If God's forgiven me of all my junk and stuff and the things I still deal with, guess what I have the anointing to do? Forgive other people just the way Jesus has forgiven me. We want to see revival. We want to see change in our world. Maybe it's just giving thanks. And releasing what God has given to us. We need to steward the testimony of Jesus well. Be bold in our testimonies. Recognizing the power that God wants to release into the lives of other people. And I believe today we need to put feet to our faith. And uh, not sure who's working the lights. But if we could get the lights up in the uh, audience today. Um, we're going to transition to a time I think is going to be really special. In the life of our church. Instead of having the prayer team come forward and people asking for prayer. We're just going to have the, the music quietly. And Chris, where are you at? It's Chris Moyer. Come on down. We're going to open our service. I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to open our service to a time of giving thanks. And Chris is going to walk around with a microphone. Whoever feels they have a testimony to share. We all have, if you know Jesus, you have something to share. But I want to center it on this. Not just that you're thankful for running water and you're thankful for, you know, some of the monotonous things which we should be thankful for. But really, what has God done in your life? What is it? Because somebody else in this room might be struggling with that very thing. Maybe you were delivered of depression. Okay, it's time to testify. Because there's somebody in here, I know there's somebody in here dealing with depression. It's very common. What has God done? Maybe you battled loneliness and that God has delivered you of that. Whatever it is, I encourage you to be bold and brave in your testimony. Because somebody in here needs to hear it. Or somebody online needs to hear it. And then after you share, here's the part that gets nerve-wracking for me. I'm going to ask is anybody in here struggling with that right now? And if you're struggling with that, we as a church are going to pray. And I may even ask you if you're willing to go lay hands on that person and pray over them as we pray together. To release what God has done in us into other people. Maybe God's delivered you from financial problems. Maybe God's delivered you from whatever it is. Whatever your testimony is. You give thanks to God for that. You praise Him for that. And we're going to release the anointing of God in this room. And I think it's going to be really special. You agree? All right, don't be freaked out. This is family. This is what family does. Father God, I just thank you for your love and grace. I thank you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, as we share, as we testify, as your people are bold about what you've done in our lives. We're going to thank you. We're going to praise you. And God, we're going to war for people who are struggling with the same issues. So God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill the room. That you give us courage and boldness. And also the humility to ask for help. That we would be willing to put feet to our faith and let the body of Christ minister among each other today. And I praise you for every breakthrough that's made in this moment. Every act that is released that begins a chain of events to pull people out of the pit and back into the mountaintop. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as a, a matter of process, Chris is going to keep holding the microphone. He'll put it up to your mouth. We need that for those online to be able to hear you and keep it from having to pass the microphone around. But if you have a testimony to share, you're already feeling that in your heart, just slip your hand up and Chris will come back to you. And if you would, just say your first name. So if someone doesn't know you in the room, that... Uh, Amen.
My name's Belinda, and um, I know I've shared this with individual people, but for those who don't know, um, my husband passed away suddenly in, can I take it instead? Because it's, Sorry, okay. Jake, Jake's Start doing again. double duty. Let's give it up for Jake. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Start again. There you go. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Belinda, and I have shared this with a lot of people, but not at, with the whole church. Um, my husband passed away suddenly in January. And I've been a Christian a long time. And I always knew that God provides. But this year, he has proven over and over and over again that he provides for all of my needs. Um, Just to give one example, I needed to sell a travel trailer. And it was stored at my mom and dad's house. My mom was walking her dog. And a lady came up with other dogs that dogs wanted to greet. And in the course of conversation, out of the blue, this woman said, do you know anyone selling a trailer? And it ended up being someone that I went to high school with here. We graduated together. Um, and she bought my trailer. Like, just totally God. Um, and it, I have several stories like that this year. But he's also provided, like, emotional. Right after my husband died, I was just walking alone through my house and saying, if I, I know Mark's gone. But if I could just have one more hug, it would be so special. And I went to church the next Sunday. And during the prayer time, a man that I probably hadn't exchanged a half dozen words with, I was friends with his wife, but I hadn't really talked to him, walked up to me and said, I was told to give you a hug. And it was Valentine's Day. So throughout this whole year, he is providing everything that I need. Financial, emotional, spiritual, there's been a lot of growth. So whatever it is that you need from God, you can trust him. He is faithful. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone here that is struggling with feeling a fear of their needs being taken care of? Patty, in the back. All right, so we're going to pray for Patty. Belinda, would you be willing to lay your hand on Patty's shoulder and, and pray? Yep, go ahead and pray right now. Yeah, right in the back, straight back. She's got her hand up. There you go. And then church, if you would, just extend your hand towards Patty as we pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you are the provider, that you take care of all of our needs. And so, God, we just lift up our sister Patty in Jesus' name, and we ask you, God, to bring breakthrough into every fear, worry, and doubt that she has. God, that you would remind her that you're still with her, you've never forgotten her, that you know every need that she has, and that you are her provider, that you're going to take care of every financial worry, every bill, every... um, stress in her life, God, that you are her source of hope and peace. And God, we just pray that whatever her need is, whatever is the main burden on her heart, Lord, that you would come through even today in Jesus' name. We thank you for your love for Patty. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. So the amazing thing is she's got that, uh, she has that burden, but she also has some praise. Amen. He's the God of the mountain, and he's also the God of the valley, right? So we, uh, she's got that valley, but she's also got a, got a good testimony, too. Awesome. <laughs> My name is Patty Moyer, Chris Moyer's mother. Um, I don't know how to explain anything, but I lived at uh, River, or River Bend. Maple Brook, I'm sorry. I lived at Maple Brook for two and a half, three years. Had problems with my breathing the whole time I was there. I moved out. I moved into Roxbury Court here in Kyle. And guess what? A month ago, I could breathe. 
Amen. I mean, it's been just wonderful. It's just, you don't realize how, how much something can hold you back until it holds you back. And my breathing was doing just that. And now I can walk without my walker. I can go to bed without oxygen. It's wonderful. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Is anyone having breathing problems in the room today? Anyone? Lee and uh, Laura also? Okay. I know, Patty, we're having mobility issues, but let's just extend our hands over to Laura and Lee. Anyone else? Okay. And Chris, would you pray for them? Absolutely. Lord, we lift your healing power into Brit Lee and uh, Laura. Lord, we just give you, we just pray, Lord, that your breath would flow through them. Lord, your spirit, Lord, would just be in overflow in their lungs, Lord, from their head to their feet, Lord, all throughout their body, Lord, that your wind would, Lord, would just breathe fresh life, fresh oxygen into their, into their lungs, Lord. We pray for, uh, we just pray for a refreshing of your spirit, Lord, and that it would just be in them, Lord, and that would just overwhelm them with joy and, and peace, Lord, in their lungs, Lord, and we just, we just pray against uh, anything that's come against that, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you would just, Lord, that you would do it only you can do, Lord. You are a healer, Lord, and we just pray for your healing in their lungs, Lord. Fresh breath, Lord. We just pray for fresh wind, and we just thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do in their life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Nancy, did you have your hand up? There you go, Nancy. I am truly blessed by the Lord. Um, since I became a member here at Vertical Life, my life has completely changed. Um, drinking, I give up. Um, money doesn't mean a lot to me anymore. But I do have a friend that is struggling right now. She is going through losing her home. And I just want to pray for her and that she will get through this with the Lord if she prays and just give it to the Lord. Everything will come in her, in her way that she needs it to be. So if we could pray for my friend that she doesn't lose her home. Yeah, definitely. We want to do that as well as anybody, uh, anybody else struggling with um, substance abuse issues or anything? that they're trying to kick a bad habit, anything at all. It's okay, don't be ashamed. We're all addicted to something. If you've got a caffeine addiction, that's just as bad as an alcohol addiction. You just can drive with caffeine. You can't drive with alcohol, so. Sugar, yeah. I'm, don't be throwing my sins out there, Timmy. <laughs> okay, so let's pray for those with addictions. And then uh, also your friend's uh, housing and financial situation. Okay. All right. Well, Lord God, we just thank you again for your mercy and grace. I thank you, God, that no matter who we are or where we are, that you're intimately aware of everything going on in our lives. And so, God, we just speak against every spirit of addiction right now, whether it's a sugar addiction, caffeine addiction, alcohol addiction, entertainment addiction, social media addiction, video game addiction, God, whatever is dominating our lives, the, um, workaholic uh, addiction, God, anything that is robbing us of our identity in Christ, that is trying to be a master when our only master is Jesus, God, we just uh, come against that in Jesus' name. We break addictions to fear, worry, and anxiety in Jesus' name. And I just ask you, Lord, to release your breakthrough power right now to sever ties with every spirit of addiction, that you'd begin to rewire minds and brains and physiology to uh, remove um, those cravings and, and those um, triggers that make us want to revisit those things, God, and help us to find our hope, peace, and wholeness in you. 
Holy Spirit. And I just lift up Nancy's friend, God, her housing situation, her financial situation, God. You are the breakthrough, God. And I pray, God, that you would surround her with people to love and encourage that can help her uh, with practical things as she's trying to dig herself out of these situations. But, God, you would come through with a miracle to help her uh, save her home. Or if you're leading her to a new place, God, that it would be better and, uh, and uh, greater than what she's living in now. That it would be a better situation for her. And we just trust your hand, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody else have a testimony to share? I also was went through a husband that passed away, but I'm thankful that before he did, he had time to think, and he gave his life to God. Amen. He was baptized. He loved Jesus with all his heart. He came to church every Sunday. Even if I couldn't make it, he was here. But I still miss him walking through that door coming home at night after work and going through COVID, it got worse because I was had anxiety, depression, irritability, and you're all confined to their home by myself. And I was going through this in my mind all the time and things bothered me. And But even though I was going through that, I felt the presence of God in my house with me, holding my hand saying, you can do this, you can do this. Amen. And I didn't know that I was, the doctor told me that I almost died, but in the, because I had double pneumonia with the COVID, and God spared me through that for a reason. And I give thanks to him every day. I feel his presence in my house, in my home, and everywhere I go, I feel his presence. Just come on, you can do it. You, you can make it through this. So I give thanks to this, for Joey to help me going to help through going through this, and and everybody else that was be by my side, my family. I want to thank my family so much for helping me go through this. But I want to give God the thanks of glory, what he's done. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Anybody in here that has a spouse who needs Jesus or is battling loneliness or anxiety and depression that would like prayer today? Amanda, anyone else? Virginia, would you come down and lay hands on sister here? Virginia, would you pray for her, please? Down front, Chris. morning. So sitting here thinking about testimony, um, there's so many I could share, but uh, the one that's really pressed on my heart right now is uh, overcoming fear. This year has been extremely trying. And there's been moments where I'm so overwhelmed by fear that I feel like I could pass out. I feel like I black out. I don't know the words that are coming out of my mouth. My heart just racing, my stomach turning. Mm 
not knowing how to control it or what to do next. And God has broken the spirit of fear off of me. Amen. Yes. It's gone. Do I have moments of it? Sure. As I was sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the microphone in my, in my mouth. Oh, like my heart's racing. But it's not, it's not controlling me. It is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Right. And I'm not living that life anymore. No. God has given me my voice. He has given me the truth of my identity. And fear is broken in the name of Jesus. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Awesome. Amen. Is anybody in here struggling with fear? Linda, anyone else? Amen. Pray for Belinda. In the back? Was there one in the back? Okay. Awesome. Jesus' name. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes. So, uh, growing up, my, um, my family's kind of been, my dad hasn't been there, like, my, um, sisters, like, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of confusion, and I used to, like, cry out to God, like, I used to long for just family, like, I used to long for relationship, I used to long for, like, everything that I've seen everybody else have. And I used to question, like, God, why, why is my life like this? Like, why, why does it look like this? Like, why isn't my dad here? Why, why can't I have my sisters around? Like, yeah, um, on my mom's side, we're all five years apart. So I kind of grew up, like, as an only child. And, um, you know, like, I, I always asked, like, I questioned it. And um, the past year, like, my husband and I are separated and, you know, like there's just things that are happening and um, I got the chance to be around my dad and my, um, my dad's side of the family in a sense. And what some people don't understand is it might hurt, but the protection that you have from your Heavenly Father from not being around some people is more than anything that you could ever imagine. It doesn't matter if they're your bloodline. It doesn't matter if you thought they were your friend. It does not matter. God's grace and his protection and his love and his mercy are on your life, and that's the 
the biggest blessing that you could ever have. I, if I would have been around them my whole life, I could have been in the same bondage that they're in right now. I could have been in that same bondage. I could have been stuck in the trap of demonic oppression and witchcraft and like there's so much. Like it's, it's deep. But he said, no. I need you to go back and I need you to testify of who I am. I know like he knows my heart longs for them to be free. He knows that. But I don't know if anybody questions like why, why you don't have certain people in your life. It's okay. It's okay. It's hard, but it's it's okay. God's wrapping your his arms around you like every single day. Every single day. It's good work. Anyone else? Teresa? Yes, I am so thankful that my two granddaughters, ages five and nine, told me that they accepted Jesus as their Savior. Woo! Love that. Amen. Amen. I think we have time for one more. Does anybody else have a testimony? Something that God has done in your life? I guess I could share a personal one for myself. Um, is this on? Okay. Um, so I'm going to kind of be, can I be a Paul for a minute? <laughs> Check your mic, Chris. Is the light on? No, it is, I think. Okay. There we go. Well, can I be a Paul for a minute? Apostle Paul, I'm kind of like me. I'm going to say I knew a man seven years ago, myself. <laughs> That was uh, struggling through uh, financial difficulty, and uh, God, uh, God has done a wonderful work in this man's life, my life. Um, just so thankful for all he's done. Um, but he worked in my heart to change my work ethic and just the way I approach work and uh, doing it for him and for, first and foremost and just set my priorities in order that way. It just made a big difference. Personally, and uh, my fa our family has just been thriving since, and just changing our heart with our giving, and and just working in our hearts to just align ourselves with Him, and uh, also have a prayer um, for a certain individual. We talked this morning. I'm not going to mention names, but I want to pray over this individual as we can, if we can, as a church, for um, a fire to be rekindled in his life that he feels has been put out. And I just pray, Lord, on him, we'll pray on his behalf and without mentioning his name and he knows who he is. But we just wanna, if we could lift him up in prayer, that'd be great. Father God, we lift this person um, up to you, Lord. You know who his heart is, you know he loves you and he knows that You've been with him through sickness and you've been through him through injury, Lord, and we just know that you love him and you've never left him nor forsake him. Help him um, do the hardest part, and that's starting, Lord. The hardest part of starting is starting. And we, Lord, we just pray that, that you just um, put a flame in him, Lord, and, and that would never go out, Lord. And, Lord, we just pray that he'd fan it in, and, Lord, that you would just uh, fill his um, body from his head to his feet and his soul, Lord, of your love for him, Lord. And we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for this individual. Thank you for um, all the things he does here at the church, Lord. Thank you for, um, just thank you, Lord, for him being a man's man. And Lord, we just thank you for 
everything, Lord, that, that he um, brings to this church, Lord. And we just uh, know that he's struggling, and, but yet, Lord, you are the God of the valley, just as God of the mountain, Lord. And we just proclaim this truth that you will never leave him nor forsake him. And we just pray for this fire to fall afresh on him, Lord, and that, Lord, he would, that it would never be put out, Lord. And we just pray for newness in his life and, and his marriage and everything, Lord, that, that surrounds him. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. The testimonies don't have to stop here. If you're going out to eat and you're going to sit at a table, your waitress or waiter is a captive audience. Share your testimony. If you're around family that didn't join with us today, share your testimony. Wherever you are, share your testimony. Because God wants to use what he's done in you for someone else. Beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his grace shine upon you and give you peace. Happy Thanksgiving. at Vertical Life Church. We want to say thank you for listening. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you.